Kick. Time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here on Tuesday morning. And uh, we have a caller on the line here, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in, you can also send app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hey, good morning, Tim. How's it going? Uh, Not too bad. So I just have a quick question. I don't know if you know the answer to. Um, Do you know what happened with the shooting on Cedar in Austin yesterday? I don't know much except for um, the fact that the person who was injured was able to drive themselves to the hospital. So it was one person that was injured? As far as I know. From, from, from my understanding, it was, um, it was one victim, four to six gunshots fired is what was uh, reported over the scanner. And police haven't wow. given us any information yet. Wow. I didn't think it was that many. All right. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's what's reported on the scanner. So sometimes what happens is, especially in an area like that, in you know, in the West End there where there's a lot of kind of homes that are close together, you might get some echoing effects. So people hear, you know, it might have been two gunshots, but it sounds like four because of the echo effect. You know what I mean? That's why I, yeah, I, I wait for the police to tell us, you know, how many shell casings they found or, how, or, or you know, what shot spotter indicates. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, thank you. No problem. And, uh, of course, we will try to get you more information. I just, listen, I don't want to call the police out. I don't, I don't like doing that. I feel, and I don't mean about the, um, I don't mean about the work that they do in protecting the city. I'm not calling them that out on that at all. But in terms of getting the information out, it seems like things have really slowed down. We are getting Facebook postings. I don't even think we get emails anymore, press release emails anymore. But Facebook postings, we're getting stuff that are like over a week old. And I get it. It's, it's not the main job of the person who, who posts that stuff up. So it's probably, you know, a kind of when we can get to it situation. But people come to us and ask us questions, and we try to tell them, well, you can also follow the police on Facebook, like they, they're putting stuff up, but what, what they were doing seems to have kind of trailed off a little bit. And I'm sure it has to do with, you know, the workload that they have more than anything. But, you know, that also, and also we don't have people here all the time. So when something happens in the evening, you know, it's going to be the morning before we can get any, get somebody to reach out for more information anyway. We're still going to be, you know, with the exception of following sources online and, and getting online information. You know, we're still going to get it to you faster than the Standard Times is. The Standard Times will write an article about it two weeks from now and tell you, here's what we know. So, anyway, 
And I don't blame the, the journalists over there. The journalists over there do a great job. The problem is just the whole structure of how it's running. 508-996-0500. So I, I did start off speaking of reporting in New Bedford. I started off the morning talking about New Bedford Light and Colin Hogan's report that New Bedford has the highest number of homeschooled students of any community in Massachusetts. 298 students. That's more homeschooled students than in the Boston school system. Now think about that. There's probably in Boston a significant number of people that live in that city that have the means financially to have a parent stay at home. There's probably enough issues in that school system, and I'm just saying that because it is a urban school system with thousands of kids, there's probably enough situations in there where somebody would want to pull their child out. You know, it could be that they're being bullied, that they're they're falling behind in the classwork or the classwork isn't challenging enough for them. There's probably a lot of reasons that a lot of students would want to be out of their classroom and, and, and be homeschooled. And a lot of people that have the means to provide that. Yet, they have less homeschooled students in that entire Boston school district than New Bedford has. New Bedford at 298 has more than double, as, as New Bedford Light and Colin Hogan point out, more than double homeschooled students at Fall River. Now, 300 out of... I don't even know how many students are in the system. I, I think it was in that story about the library, but I can't remember the number off the top of my head. 300 out of that number is a very small percentage. But it's still, I never would guess that New Bedford would be the community where it would have the highest number of homeschooled students. I would guess it would be, you know, like maybe Plymouth. Maybe we'll look at Brockton and, and the issues that they're having at Brockton High. I just think that it's a, it's a large number for a community that I wouldn't think would have a lot of opportunities for homeschooling. Just based on... And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's not a slight on the schools, I don't think, for a lot of these parents in some cases it's you know it's not about the quality of education it might be uh social interactions we've all seen the 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 facebook posts from people that complain about something that happened in the school and they say i'm pulling my child out of the school now i would guess that 75 percent of the time somebody posts that it doesn't happen because they're all up in arms and they want to pull their child out of the school, but what are they going to do with that child? They, they don't have the means to homeschool them. They don't have the, the they're not home, they're, they're working. So I, I think that you get upset, you get angry, you don't like a situation, you want to pull your child out. I understand that, but it's just not feasible for everybody to be able to do that. But Superintendent Andrew O'Leary says in, in the New Bedford Light piece 
you know, I don't think people are going to be surprised by my opinion on this, but New Bedford children should be in New Bedford public schools. And I would argue for those of you who want to pull your child out and homeschool them, it's a lot harder than you think that it is. It's a lot harder to find the right way. So you can get the materials, but unless you know all the material yourself inside and out, it's going to be hard to judge and, and grasp how well your child knows the material. You know, a math problem, figuring out a math problem isn't just about finding the answer. It's about how you got to the answer so that you can use that same technique to apply to other problems as well. And if my child was in the fifth grade or higher and came, well, maybe fifth grade, I'd be okay, but certainly middle school or higher and came home to me and asked me math questions, I would struggle to be able to help them with that. I could never really help my son with it. I could never really help myself with it. They put me in honors algebra and they put me in pre-calculus and I have no idea why because I didn't do well. Got C's. Finally, senior year, they put me in senior math and I got an A because it was much more what I could handle mathematically. Now, I was great in English and writing and all that, just not built for math. I love, I, I used to love to brag to people, you know, kind of as a self-deprecating joke. You know, I was nearly perfect on the SAT in the verbal part. But I was just barely alive in taking the math part. What was the joke? They give you, what, 300 just for writing your name, whatever it was, 400 just for writing your name, and I got like a 550 on the math portion. I did not do well. So think about that. Think about not only getting access to the materials to provide your child to, to homeschool them, but also you have to understand it as well. And I think that that's what is the hardest part for a lot of parents. They might have the means, they might have the time, they might have the ability, but they might not have the knowledge base. So they've got to re-educate themselves on it all first before they can educate their child. Homeschooling isn't just giving your kid a packet and making sure they fill it out and then checking it against the answer key. And if it is, if that's how you handle it, well, there might be a point where your homeschooling is failing your child. 508-996-0500. One of the things that I also threw out there was this, this recipe that I saw for these, these hash buns where somebody takes a can of corned beef hash mixes it with Hellman's mayonnaise, a quarter cup of Hellman's mayonnaise, 
mixes that all together, puts it on hamburger buns, tops it with some cheese slices, puts the bun back on top, and then melts it in the uh, oven. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. And then they serve that as a sandwich with salad on the side. And I was asking, what are some of the weirdest things that your family likes to eat? Now, when I was younger, I always thought it was weird that, that all my siblings and my parents would put salt on watermelon. But apparently that's a common thing. I'm not a salt person. I don't like salt. I don't put any extra salt on things for the most part. So I never got it. But it was definitely a thing for them. People think it's weird that I put grilled cheese on my ketchup. Uh, I'm sorry. Strike that. Reverse it. Thank you. I put ketchup on my grilled cheese. And I don't, I'm not a dipper. I take the grilled cheese sandwich and I cover the top of it in ketchup and then pick it up and eat it. And, and, and people think that that's weird. Ray called in earlier. He says in their house, they mix American chop suey with, I think he said mayonnaise and applesauce. I, um, I will make a sauce that I use for dipping French fries that, that my dad showed me when I was a kid. Ketchup and A1 steak sauce. Mix that together and dip your fries in it. These aren't super weird, but they're probably weird to some people. I know people who dip their French fries in mayonnaise as opposed to ketchup. I've done it. It's a little too rich for me. When you're when you've been drinking, it's a good thing to do. But it's it's pretty uh it's it's pretty heavy on you. 508-996-0500. Good morning, you're next on WBSM. Oh brother, homeschool with Macho <laughs> Man Randy Savage. Homeschool, yeah. Could you imagine Macho Man as your homeschool teacher? The big elbow drop in the top corner. Yeah. You'd be like, the cream rises to the A, top, B, bottom, C, middle. Which is it? And you want to slap it in the Slim Jim? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually, when I buy a Slim Jim now, I always get the Savage Slim Jim, the big, thick one with Randy Savage on it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's the best one, too, because it has a nice little meaty to it. You know yeah. what I'm saying, Tim? You can you really know, you snap can into it. If you have some homeschooling wrestling, how about that? How about we start a, a, a little homeschooling wrestling and see how many people we can bring to our class? <laughs> if, Hulk, if Hulk Hogan won 14 championships, but Randy Orton won 14 championships, who has one? You know, you could start using that as the examples. Yeah, and, and if Bruno San Martino got disqualified five times, and uh, yeah, we can use math problems. But as, as we know, wrestling math makes no sense. Like they right. say somebody's been champion for so many days, but it's not always the right number. Or when you're watching the Royal Rumble, sometimes two minutes goes by between people. Sometimes four minutes goes by between people. It's it's wrestling math never works out. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing with Roman Reigns, he can, he's barely on any shows and defending his title. <clears throat> I mean, like holding on to a title for that long, I think it's just not... Yeah, some, sometimes they have that 30-day defense rule. Sometimes they don't. It all depends on what the storyline requires. 
What do you think about, did you watch the elimination chamber? I did. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, everything kind of happened exactly as I expected as it would. Yeah. I, I think it was just okay. It didn't, like, amaze me. But the thing about that, um, Nia Jax and um, Mommy, uh, I mean, Mommy's good for that spot. But I think Nia Jax, she's not good at taking some bumps. I mean, there was a couple spots there where, uh, like, it wasn't like a Rick, it wasn't like a shot of play against her at all. I mean, I can't wait for Becky Lynch against her at WrestleMania. That's going to be a good one, you know? Yeah, but, I, I just don't think Nia Jax is a, is, is a very good wrestler. What's that? I just don't think Nia Jax is a very good wrestler, and I, I think it's hard for, oh. for even the great opponents to get a good match out of her. No, I mean, I, I think that match was just okay. I, I didn't, I mean, it was a many of that match. And I was just watching Nia, and, and there were spots where she could have took a better bump and stuff like that. And, and I'm like, man, this is the main event. I don't think they'll probably decide. That's why she went away, and she wasn't main event. I mean, she, I think she just needs to be just a brute and stuff like that and maybe do a couple of spots, and that's about it, you know? My, my problem then, with that event was that they've telegraphed exactly what was going to be the outcome of all those matches before they even happened, so it was like... And I think that that was on purpose because they knew people were going to have to get up at 5 a.m. But I didn't really understand how it all worked out. Again, you want to talk about wrestling math is, you know, they, they come on and they're like, it's 6 p.m. in Australia. I'm like, well, why didn't you start at 8 p.m. so that we could have started watching it, you know, later here in the morning in America? Like, it just didn't make any sense. You can start an event at 8 p.m. That's what they normally start events at. So I, I didn't get why they had to do it at the time that they did it. But, hey, whatever. They, they you know, they, they got over to Perth and they had a nice big show. So it worked out as they're, they're trying to go international. We're going to have to get up early from time to time. Yeah, and I think, Tim, I think the um, WrestleMania is wide enough to be pretty good. Um, the Rock line um, is still probably up in the air. Is he going to turn on Roman and screw him at the end or... Maybe do something for WrestleMania, keep it going. We'll see, Tim. I was surprised that they said The Rock's going to be at the next three SmackDowns. Really? Yeah, I was surprised he was going to be there that much. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Maybe maybe they can actually build a real storyline here. So Yeah, they're going to yeah, get that hook in and stuff like that and maybe build up to the point where the tag team, but I'm not sure if they're going to turn Seth into heel maybe or maybe turn on Cody and make that story keep going. It, just a couple of things that they can do there and see who screws over somebody. I rather either Seth's going to screw somebody over and become heel, a real good heel or I, I don't know because I think you're going to get that tag match at, at whatever was it is they're going to do backlash after after WrestleMania. I think you're going to get that tag match then. I think you're going to get Roman and The Rock versus. I think that might be where the turn happens because they yeah, they're, they're building that that tag team idea up, but they're not going to have time to have it before then. So. Yeah, and don't forget, I think maybe um, Seth Rollins can clear now. Maybe that's why. Maybe you see the storyline with The Rock and him coming in and and. Helping Cody and stuff like that clear the ring and maybe clear a tag team match or something. Yeah, we'll, you know? we'll see. Before I let you go, I got to ask you: Did you see that Randy Orton biography on Sunday night? No, I, I saw a little bit of it, but I didn't see that whole complete thing yet. Very, very good. He was, yeah, he's been out for twenty years. I mean, that back injury and he has a fused back. That bump he took, he was on the ground for a while. 
And um, he talks about that, and he talks about some of the injuries he's had. He's very open and honest, um, and it was it was really well done, and it was definitely you know eye opening to to yeah. to really see kind of what he's gone through in in his journey. So it's it, yeah, definitely check it out. Watch the whole episode. All right, Tim. Thank you. All right, you have a great day. And uh, that that concludes the wrestling portion of the program for those of you who don't want to hear about it. But uh, listen, that's how I got started in the media was wrestling. And I still have a lot of people that tell me all the time there isn't a week that goes by that somebody doesn't tell me how much they missed the inside wrestling column that was in the Standard Times. So it's going to pop up from time to time. We're going to talk about it every now and then. And if you are a wrestling fan and you want a place to talk about it, this is the place. Just not, we're not going to talk about it for too long because... Other people start to think, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you invested so much in it? But, hey, listen, there are worse ways we could spend our free time. Right now, though, I'm going to spend some time by taking a break. We'll be right back. All right, well, it's gonna, we're going to go into the newsroom in just a few moments with Phil. And when we come back on the other side, more of your calls, 508-996-0500. You can also send app chat messages and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. If you are heading out the door, heading out to work, to school, whatever it may be, keep in mind it is very, very foggy out there. So uh, you want to make sure that you are being as safe as you can. It is foggy, but that fog will eventually burn off. We're going to have a decent couple of days temperature-wise, and then the, the storm's coming in. On the other side of that rainstorm, it's going to get colder. So enjoy it while you can, but also just be wary. It's literally like, you know, that movie The Fog out there. I just, I'm looking out for John Carpenter with a, with a megaphone and a clapboard, you know, because it's, it's that foggy out there, the stuff of horror movies. So just be safe. And, uh, and keep that in mind. All right, let's go into the newsroom now and get all of the national and international headlines with Phil Devitt. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. President Biden says a ceasefire in Gaza could happen before next week. More from Mark Mayfield. Speaking to reporters Monday, he said that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan tells him that it is close, but not done yet. He added his hope is by next Monday there will be a ceasefire. Sullivan said on Sunday he was hopeful an agreement would take place in the next few days after representatives of Israel, the United States, Egypt and Qatar met in Paris recently. I'm Mark Mayfield. It's presidential primary day in Michigan, where over a million voters have already cast their ballots early. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson says most of those were cast absentee, but over 78,000 early in-person votes were also cast during the nine days early voting was open. She says turnout pre-election day was 13 percent higher than 2020, despite the nominations not being much in doubt in both parties. In 2020, nearly 2.4 million votes were cast in the presidential primary. Officials say the suspect in the death of a University of Georgia student entered the U.S. illegally. Jose Ibarra was arrested for the murder of 22-year-old Lakin Riley, whose body was found last week in a wooded area near the school. Ibarra is from Venezuela and reportedly came to the U.S. in 2022. He's charged with felony murder, false imprisonment and kidnapping, and concealing the death of another. There's no evidence that Ibarra knew Riley, and police said her death was a crime of opportunity. Ibarra is being held without bond. A Rust movie crew member claims armorer Hannah Gutierrez acted unprofessionally on the set before the death of the cinematographer. In Gutierrez's manslaughter trial Monday, Ross Adiego described Gutierrez, the weapons handler for the movie, as not very careful. She wasn't necessarily as uh, 
serious or professional as I'm accustomed to with the other armors that I've worked with. He said Gutierrez would pull loose ammunition from a fanny bag and added he saw unattended firearms on the set. Alec Baldwin is accused of firing the gun that killed Helena Hutchins and his trial starts this summer. There's a new COVID-19 vaccine coming out for winter. The FDA will decide this spring on which variant of the virus should be primarily targeted in the winter dose. Like flu shots, the COVID vaccine is expected to require annual updates to stay current against emerging variants. And if you're having problems figuring out what to make for dinner and make it affordable, Kellogg's has a suggestion. Michael Kastner reports. When I say cereal, you say dinner. Cereal. Cereal. Kellogg's CEO Gary Pilnick says people should eat cereal for dinner to save money on soaring food costs. He told CNBC last week that it's much more affordable and helps out when consumers are under pressure. Kellogg's has been pushing cereal for dinner since 2022 when it started a campaign with the tagline, Give Chicken the Night Off. Chicken! You can uh, have the night off, chicken. Okay, I'll go marinate. Cereal! Cereal! I'm Michael Kastner. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins lost to the Seattle Kraken 4-3. They host the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday. The Boston Celtics play the Philadelphia 76ers tonight at TD Garden in Boston. Game at 7.30. And the Red Sox are at spring training with the St. Louis Cardinals today at 1.00. Now, let's check your forecast with ABC6. Mild temperatures in control today, but this morning we're dealing with some patchy fog. Give yourselves extra time on the roads and take it easy. Temperatures in the mid-upper 30s, lower 50s for this afternoon under mostly cloudy skies. The rain moves in with strong gusty winds overnight tonight and into tomorrow. Showers also gusty winds up to 30 miles per hour or even 55 miles per hour. We could be seeing some patchy fog once again early on in the morning. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Del Carmen on New Bedford News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. This WBSM News Update brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth, home of the $29 oil change. Your choice for auto repairs, brakes, and inspection stickers. Sparks Auto, 425 State Road, Dartmouth. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
I, this is another one of those songs that I can listen to the whole song, and I, I feel bad loving that song as much as I do because it's a song about abuse, but yet it's such a great song. And it was certainly, when I saw Genesis a couple of years ago at TD Garden, it was one of the highlights. It's not the same as, you know, seeing Phil Collins run up and down the stage when they used to perform it in the in the 90s when it first came out, but because now he, you know, he's physically debilitated and he has to sit in a chair the whole time, but it was, it was definitely a highlight performance and one that I'll always remember. One of the uh, great things about music is it can be cathartic for people. And I know that that song is something that people who have gone through abuse turn to as, as one that kind of echoes their feelings. But uh, it's just a, an amazing song if you've never heard it. It's called No Son of Mine. It's off the We Can't Dance album, which I believe was the last album of new material that Genesis put out. So that's like what, 1991 with Phil Collins. I think they put out an album when they had that replacement singer for a little while, but I wasn't into that. 508-996-0500. You can also send in app chat messages on the WBSM app. You can also send in open line voicemails on the WBSM app too as well. And uh, we got an email from Shopping Ninja who says, I doubt that the homeschool number is that low. Talking about the reported 298 students that are uh, reported in the New Bedford Light article. Uh, she says, you're not counting the kids in online public schools like uh, TECA, T-E-C-C-A, or K-12 through since they have their own school districts. Also, in regards to your hash mayonnaise monstrosity, if you see something like that, back away slowly, you've reached the edge of sanity. <laughs> I think you're right. That is... Uh, that's one of those things that you have to say to yourself, why? Some food combinations come about as a result of necessity. Some combinations come about because, you know, you can't afford to go get the ingredients that you need or you just want to use up what's in the fridge. I thought that I had created something years ago during my time as a cook, but it turns out it was a lot more uh, ubiquitous than I realized. But we had leftover chili at the diner that we had made. And we we did chili dogs. We did chili cheese omelets. We did, you know, you obviously you could get a bowl or a cup of chili. And it just wasn't moving. So I was like, well, what else can I come up with for chili? So I was like, well, how about, what if we did American chop suey with chili in it? And I made a little batch for myself and I tried it and I was like, oh, this is really good. And so I put it on the menu as Chili Mac and as the daily special and it sold. I was like, oh, look what I invented. And of course it turns out that's something everybody does everywhere. There's a chunky soup that's Chili Mac, which is actually very good. And I wouldn't even call it soup. It's like if you like American chop suey and you like chili, it's just having a bowl of Chili Mac. It's not even a soup. So sometimes you have genius ideas like that. And then sometimes you mix corned beef hash with mayonnaise. But I give them credit. At least, at least they said it's Hellman's mayonnaise, which is obviously the only mayonnaise you ever should use for anything. Get out of here with your Cane's mayonnaise. You like Cane's mayonnaise, you might as well just have Miracle Whip. Too tangy. 
And then off-brand mayonnaise, forget it. Nope. It's got to be Hellman's. Bring out the Hellman's, bring out the best. And I know I don't use a lot of mayonnaise and I don't buy a big jar of it. It's just me at home, so I get the little small one. And I know it's pricier, but you know what? It's worth it. When you make a nice tuna sandwich at home, some chicken salad with some leftover rotisserie chicken, got to have Hellman's mayonnaise. Even, even egg salad. Got to be almonds. But yes, that, uh, that was the recipe that I saw online, the, the hash buns. Corned beef hash mixed with mayonnaise. Then you put it on a bun, put some cheese over it, and then you put it in the oven. Like what? So it says put it in the oven long enough to melt the cheese. Okay, but the cheese is going to melt before the hash is cooked. And I get corned beef hash is already, already cooked. You can actually eat it right out of the can. I've done that. But do you really want a cold corned beef hash and mayonnaise combination? It just seems odd. If somebody has ever had had that or had something similar, I want to know about it. And tell me whatever else weird food combination you or your family eats. Because I always find this to be a fascinating topic. The weird things people will put together. When I was a kid and we had school pizza day on Friday, I would get my pizza. I would get my hoodsie cup for dessert. Kids, this is back when they would serve you that kind of stuff at school. And I would take that hoodsie cup and I would dump it on top of the pizza. I'd spread the ice cream across the top and I'd eat it like that. I don't know how I started doing it, but I, I did it every Friday for years. And I got other kids to do it too. It was weird, but it was good. And then there was a time I was out with my uncle. We were driving to Maine. It was, you know, I was in high school at the time. It was probably, I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning. We're driving all night to get to to Maine. And uh, way up to the, about a mile off the uh, Canadian coast. And we stopped in a Roy Rogers on the side of the highway. And he's like, I want you to get a chocolate shake or vanilla shake, whichever one you like, and an order curly fries. Okay. And so I did that and we get to the table and he's like, watch this. And he was dipping the curly fries in the shake and he goes, now try that. And it was pretty damn good. And so, you know, I had been known from time to time to to get a Frosty at Wendy's and some fries and dip the fries in the Frosty. It doesn't really work anymore with the new fries that they have with the the skin on them. It's not the same. Speaking of Wendy's, I saw an article on uh, Food and Wine's website that Wendy's is looking into something called dynamic pricing. And if you've never heard of dynamic pricing, it's like what they do with Uber. You know how if you if you open up the Uber app, sometimes you know you might open up the Uber app and uh, at, at uh, two o'clock in the afternoon when nobody's looking for a ride to go from your house to the store might cost eight dollars, but then during a certain time like rush hour or whatever that that eight dollar ride might turn into fourteen dollars. 
that's what they call, you know, Uber calls it surge pricing, but that's called dynamic pricing where the price can change based on the time of day and other different factors. And Wendy's is looking at doing that with their menu. They're investing millions of dollars in menu board upgrades and more interactive uh, ordering with their app. I think I saw Burger King put an AI helper on their Burger King app. Like, it's just it's getting weird out there. But Wendy's wants to put this dynamic pricing in place so that if you want to get a Dave's single when it's slow, you might pay one price for it. But then when you want to get a Dave's single when it's busy, you're going to pay more. And so a lot of people are up in arms about this because they're like, well, that's that's ridiculous. Why Why would the price of something change like that? But I think it probably works, you know, with, with his intention. It could work more in the customer's favor. So I don't think that they're necessarily, they're probably going to have a cap on what they charge, which is the price of the burger. I think what they would do is they would lower it during the slow times to try to encourage more business. Now, most of the Wendy's that I've gone to, because that, they have that salad with the, was it the apple one? Oh, so good. But they have, you know, the ones that I've been to, they have problems getting the food out. No matter what time I go, it's, they just seem like they're in over their head. They're in the weeds every time I go in. Maybe that changed. I don't need it as much as I used to, but it doesn't seem like they're ever not busy to me. But if, if, if the, the, the time slows down, if the business slows down and the price drops, that's a benefit for you. But if that means, oh, we're going to charge you a dollar more to get that burger when it's busy because we're trying to discourage people from ordering at that time, well, that's a recipe for failure. But the idea is that if when they start this, they're thinking others might follow suit. Would you want to have dynamic pricing for food, for, for prepared food, for a meal, especially from a fast food restaurant? Or isn't the point of, I mean, I know it's not affordable anymore. It's like 20 bucks to get a combo meal. But the idea was that that was supposed to be a quick, easy and affordable thing to eat. That's why Americans are so obese. Part of the reason why is because we eat at those restaurants because we can't afford to eat organic food. But dynamic pricing for fast food, I, I don't know how I feel about that. What do you think? 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. And welcome back in. Uh, also, coming up in the next hour, um, just after the 8 o'clock news, we're going to be joined by Dr. Robert Vasquez. He is a cardiologist with South Coast Health, and we're going to be talking about heart health because it is the final few days of Heart Health Month and that doesn't mean that heart health awareness has to end. It's something that can go on year-round. It's something that should go on year-round and something that you should be aware of at all times because there's a lot of things that we do out there that are affecting our heart health. And there are a lot of ways that we can improve our heart health, and some of them are really easy. Some of them are just very simple. So it's not as... 
difficult as you might think it, it is to keep your heart healthy. Now, certainly if you're somebody like me and you got behind the eight ball on it, it's going to take more work. But think about this. People are living longer than ever. There's a story, I think it was WPRI had the story of a, um, Channel 12, of a woman in Bristol celebrating her 110th birthday. They threw a surprise party at a pizza place. And she's still very spry, very, you know, she's totally with it. She gave them some great quotes, funny stuff. I mean, this woman's a firecracker at 110. And these super centenarians are becoming more and more commonplace. I shouldn't say that. They're still pretty rare, but people are living longer. So you want to make sure that you're keeping your heart up to, up to date. You're keeping your heart as healthy as possible because the only thing worse well, I guess dying early is probably the worst thing, but imagine living for a long time, but with those serious problems. You want to maintain that quality of life that you have now. And heart health is a big way to do that. So we'll talk about that with Dr. Vasquez coming up. And of course, more of your calls, 508-996-0500. Going to take one final break this hour. We'll be right back. All right, we have a few moments remaining in this hour, and then coming up, we'll have the news at 8 o'clock. We'll have the ABC News and then the local news. And then uh, after that, we will be joined by Dr. Robert Vasquez of South Coast Health. He's a cardiologist to talk about heart health. I see that he's calling in on the VIP line. Dr. Vasquez, uh, just so you know, it's going to be probably about 10 minutes before we get to you, so if you want to call back, totally understandable. Uh, I know that uh, doctors are very busy even this early in the morning, and uh, you don't necessarily need to stay on hold that whole time. But of course, if you have any questions you would like me to pose to the doctor, you can send those in via the app chat on the WBSM app. And I will uh, bring those up in the conversation. But we're going to be talking about a number of things to do with heart health. And that's what we try to do with this Your Health Matters segment from South Coast Health is to bring up the questions that people may have about their health, but that you know they, they don't always have the opportunity to sit down and speak with their doctor about. So we'll talk about things like, you know, exactly how you can keep your heart healthy. If you haven't done that and if you have heart disease, how can you reverse that? Is that possible? We'll talk about those kind of things with Dr. Vasquez coming up in the next hour. I think also, you know, whenever you have questions, if you don't feel like you can go to your own doctor about it, I can tell you this, South Coast Health, the entire network, of doctors is fantastic. I have not had a single issue with any of the doctors that have been helping me through my health journey with my diabetes, with my weight loss, and uh, and that now with my first my kidney stone surgery and and then my kidney removal. I mean, there's nothing scarier I don't think than when somebody tells you we think you have cancer, and then you are faced with that word and and everything that 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 might encompass in your mind and, and not all those thoughts are always rational but the everybody that I spoke to did a fantastic job of telling me exactly what to expect you know not sugarcoating anything but also saying like here's the reality of the situation you're going to be fine and and uh, explaining in detail exactly what to expect so that's been my experience with everybody over there and that's why I like having them come on the program and share those same type of conversations with all of you. Because your health does matter. 
And really, when are you going to have the opportunity to, to learn these kind of things from the same doctors that are going to treat you unless you have an issue, right? You don't get to talk to somebody like Dr. Vasquez or some of the other doctors that we have on until you're actually in their office because you're there for an issue. So that's why these conversations are so important because we can talk about doing things preventatively or getting you started on the path if it's a path you need to get started on. So it, it really is a great partnership with South Coast Health to be able to have these folks come on and share this information with you. And as I said earlier, you know, we make a big deal every month that February is Heart Health Month. But it's something that should be on your mind year round, something that you